welcome to this episode of Mercy Can't Stop Her, the podcast where we share the stories of women's resilience through chaos, crisis, and challenges that could have made them unable to step forward in life. I am your host, Judith Cambia Obatusa, JKO. In this Black History Month episode, I'd like to share a few things that I've learned in my experience as a Black Canadian. I am Nigerian Canadian, and it's been a great learning curve for me migrating to Canada as a Black person and finding out that being Black actually costs you. It costs you your peace. It costs you your person. And it costs you your prosperity. Being black in Canada means that I have to fight for my peace, my person, and my prosperity. When my children started school, after we migrated to Canada, a few weeks after we arrived, school started. When we arrived, it was all fun and beautiful, you know. Things were so good, new experiences. We were just having a fine time until school started. Two weeks into school, every day of those first two weeks, my son had been bullied. And the school didn't do anything but two weeks after the bullying uh, started, he had an injury an injury from the bullying. Rather than addressing it, what did the school do? They called the child welfare system. And for the next seven years, I was in that situation. My case is not an isolated incident. Research shows that for many black children in the child welfare system in Canada, school is the top place where they get reported. So people get reported and it could cost you your child. And in many cases, it costs you your child, maybe not physically, but it costs you your child's personality. It costs you your peace. And so every day my children went to school, there was no peace. I remember my daughter was in high school about the second month after school started, it called me for a meeting. She was being bullied as well. But my daughter didn't really share that with me, share the, the bullying experience with me. She wanted so hard to belong. And the school called me for a meeting and they said the school was too white for my daughter. And that the few black children they had were born in Canada. Because my child wasn't born in Canada, they suggest we change her school. I did change her school. Because at the time, I didn't know my rights. And I don't even want to go into the other black people who were here before me, how they played a role in that. That was blatant racism. And the human rights organizations would not have taken it lightly if I knew my rights. So as a black person, your child is not safe in school. It costs you your peace. As a parent... What you want is to send your children to get an education. But in doing that, it could cost them their education. 
because research shows that in Canada, we have a high incidence of black children, especially boys, dropping out of school because school is really uncomfortable for them. And as a parent, you cannot have peace when school is uncomfortable for your child. Then as a black woman and someone who loves to be part of a community, I kept going out there in the community and I kept experiencing my own adult bullying where you're in spaces and people don't talk to you or they ask you questions that are so disrespectful. Like I'm a Nigerian Canadian. Nigeria was colonized by the British. English is the official language of Nigeria. And I'm speaking English. And those who really care, they understand. But then someone comes to me and asks me, do they speak English in Nigeria? And that person wasn't asking that as her first interaction with me. This was after she had uh, like talked down at me in spaces treated me badly and I had called her out on it and she still wasn't satisfied. She still had to ask me, do they speak English in Nigeria? If you meet a Nigerian or a Cameroonian or Bene or wherever, do yourself a favor. Please Google. You may be able to get one or two information that won't put you in an awkward situation when you're interacting with those people. And if you have to work with such families, as maybe a social worker, a teacher, do the extra, especially for an immigrant family. But sad to say, my experience is not because I'm an immigrant, because I'm black. Many black children go through what I went through. That cost me my peace. It cost me my peace because when I went into the spaces trying to be part of my community, I get mistreated and I go home and wonder what I did and keep thinking and keep trying to belong just like my my daughter tried so hard to belong and it then costs you your person you begin to wonder who you are you begin to to try to live up to this standard of shifting goalposts in which you can never score because what is expected of you is hypocritical because the, the others are not expected to do those things, to jump through the hoops that you have to jump through as a black person. And sometimes you are never sure. Are they being kind to me so they can say they were kind to a black person? Because sometimes you just hear, I have a black friend. If you have a black friend, then it should show in the way you relate to other black people. I don't have to be your lone black ranger on your team so you can say you're a diverse team. So that's why the conversation about diversity and inclusion is quite challenging to have. Because yeah, you bring me into your space, you allow me into your space, but you don't include me as part of the space. And then woe beside you, the black person, if you ever call them out on it. Because in many places in Canada, black people don't have that power. We are always on the lower rung of power. So you dare not really say how you feel because it's going to cost you. 
However, how can you live without being who you are so that people can accept you? Another area where that affects you is your prosperity. So if you're working in a place and you have the guts to talk about how you're being treated, it could cost you your job. You may not get a job because you're black. Because you don't fit the mold of the dominant decision maker. They have an idea of who you ought to be. If you're accepted into a space, you have to be the black they think you should be. So you have to. And if you're non-conforming, it's going to affect you. If you come into a space as a volunteer, because one of the things I was told as a new immigrant was, you volunteer when you volunteer to help you to get a job. And at a point, I had a friend who is Filipino. She was like laughing at me. Judith, you're becoming a professional volunteer <laughs> because you volunteer. And I remember being on a particular job volunteering and the position I was volunteering for was advertised without my knowledge and someone was employed. And that was so wonderful in quotes. So you have those, those experiences. However, despite these sad like experiences i learned a lot from it and it's made me very very grateful for where you see true inclusion for where you're accepted it's also made me very grateful for allies and today i just want to encourage you if you're a black person and you're going through the racism systemic racism that is in the place where you live. I want to encourage you. Despite the bullying of my children in schools, I am a very, very strong member of every parent council of every school my kids have been in. I become a member of parent council and I am many times the only black person on council. I may be the first in one of the schools I was in I was the only black they had ever had on council. So you, you need to be there in those spaces where decisions that will affect you and those you love are being made. Be on council. Be involved in your community. Yes. I look at so many nonprofit leaders with, you know, with my side eye because of some of the experiences I've I've had. But I remember one of Brene Brown's books where she was talking about where people that are in the dominant power position, when they are in public, they are very nice. But then when they are with someone who they think is in a lower power position to them, they treat that person badly because they know no one is going to believe that person when the person speaks up about how they were treated. Or if they ever do, they now get cancelled in quotes so they don't get things they need for their lives so they keep being this two-faced person so i had that experience and my hard it doesn't mean that i'll never have it again so does that mean i should not show up in those spaces no you gotta have a tough skin and one way that i get my tough skin is by talking to other black people 
which was very, very helpful. There is another challenge with that. I'm an immigrant to North America, but there are other black people who their great, great grandparents migrated way, 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 way before I did. So being in those spaces is really, really good for you, especially if you're a black immigrant, because it really helped me to understand what I was going through, what my family was going through. Because sad to say, so many others that were immigrants like me, when my kids were being bullied, instead of saying, no, this is not okay, what did they do? How did you raise them? But that was not the issue. And I later found out from research, from these spaces where those, that I'll call them indigenous blacks were, that this was not about how you raise your child. It's about a system that has been put in place to make you feel less than and to treat you less than and to gaslight you, to make you think it's your fault that you're being mistreated. So that was really helpful. And if you're in that situation, please seek out those spaces. There are many, many organizations that you can become part of and it will help you to understand racism and the system that are in place to perpetuate it and also the support you can get if you're experiencing it. So I remember being on a parent council. When I say being on a parent council, it's one of those kind of spaces too. Uh, you get all kinds of people. So I'm on this parent council and I'm the first black on that council. And they did everything to push me out. And they succeeded the next year. And when they succeeded, someone that was on that council with me a year later now told me, oh, I'm so sorry about what they did to you on parent council. They pushed you out. And I'm like, wow. The person that was telling me was white. And I didn't say anything, but I had a question in my heart. What did you do when you knew that that was what they were doing? So that brings me to the allies. You may be white and you're listening to this. You may even be an immigrant, but you're light-skinned, you're white-skinned. So it doesn't show that you're not. They accept you more than they accept me because I'm black. If you're in a space where someone is being mistreated for the color of their skin, you should speak up. You should support them to fight for justice. I have a friend. She's white. And she's the best ally that a person can have. She followed me to every school meeting, child welfare meeting, even in the nonprofits where we happen to find ourselves serving together. She supported me. She taught me things and I also shared my black experience with her and she understood so much more. And she used her understanding to support me. She reached out to organizations that could support me. She wrote emails to people in power. She talked to people directly. She went back in time. Those of her schoolmates that were in certain places to make a headway for me, she went and she advocated with those people. This is what allyship is. Allyship is not, I have a black friend. It's speaking up for injustice against an entire race who by no choice of their own just have a darker skin. If you're white, it wasn't because of something great that your great-grandparents did that their lineage is white. It's just 
how God did it. You're white and I'm black and we're all beautiful. And don't you see when we're together, how beautiful the colors are? Don't you see when a white person and a black person have a baby, how beautiful the kids look? We are meant to be together. We're meant to be united. No one is better because they are black or they are white. We are humans and we are all wonderful because we have the privilege to share this human experience together. Another thing, showing up will keep you in spaces where decisions are being made. Showing up will also get you in contact with allies. And another thing is we want to learn from those who have gone ahead of us, those who have come before us. I look at Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King. In their time, I can't imagine what the media was saying about them. I can't imagine what the general populace thought of them. But because of those people, did they now throw in the towel and say, because the people were treating us badly, we're not going to step up for what is right. So they did not give up or give in to what the dominant group was saying about who they were. They believed what God said about them. God says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He made us in his own image, beautiful. He constructed everything that concerns us. So special, so mysteriously, so complicated, and yet so awesome. We are the head, we are not the tail. We have more understanding than our teachers. Yes, we were colonized, but we have more understanding than those that colonized us. And that's why we have more empathy. That's why we are so creative. So if you're black, you are awesome. The Rosa Parks and Martin Luther, they knew they were awesome. They didn't agree that the back seat was where they should be. And I want you to know that when you step up to be in these spaces, even some of your fellow blacks are going to tell you, why don't you sit in one place? I can't imagine. People would have told Rosa Parks, why didn't you just go and sit at the back seats? But she believed in what she believed and she stood up for what she believed. That will be my encouragement for you today. Know who you are. Don't Believe who you are from the mouth of others. Know who you are. And stand up for what you believe. Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, they did not allow the odds that were against them to deter them. They chose to believe that they were not meant to be put down. They were not meant for the back seat. And that made a difference, not only in their lives, but in our lives. The Bible talks about the story of Jacob. The meaning of the name Jacob is deceiver. On the day that God changed his name to Israel, a prince with God, he spent the entire night in a struggle with an angel, with God. And Jacob said, I am not letting you go until you bless me. This struggle will not be in vain. And though 
he left that experience with a limb. He also left it with a legacy for posterity. So racism is a struggle. The experience of racism is a painful struggle. If you are experiencing racism in any form, and though we talk about systemic racism, though we carry placards about this, though we write about it, racism still continues. If you experience it, I want you to be like Jacob. I want you to refuse to let go, even though it is a struggle. And though the struggle may be very painful, I want to assure you that you are not going to live without a legacy for posterity. This Black History Month, if you're a Black person listening, I want to encourage you to continue to stand for the truth that you believe. You are worth all that God says you are worth. You are the apple of his eye and you are destined for greatness. And no matter what you face, if you don't give up, if you don't give in to the negative voices, the negative experiences, if you show up in the spaces where decisions are being made that concern you, if you serve your community, if you speak up for other blacks and support them when they are going through, you will come through great and you will make a difference. And if you're a white person listening to this podcast today, I want to thank you for supporting me. You subscribe to this podcast. It's part of that support. This is how allies support. They support the work that black people do. They support the businesses of black people. They support their books. They support their events. They also stand with them against injustice in their schools. They support their black parent in school whose child is going through. They come to their neighbor next door and ask them, what can I do to help? They hear or see that they're going through. They don't say because they are black, the stereotype of the black person is what they believe. If you're a white person listening to this, to this podcast today, I want to thank you for being that ally that the black person next to you can rely on. This Black History Month, keep on standing for your truth. My black sister and my white sister, thank you for continuing to support us as we stand for our truth. Thank you so much for listening. Do have a lovely day and see you next time.